Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. So this is such a fun topic. Rebellion. Yeah, let's talk about rebellion. (laughs) Do you have any people in your life that you feel are like just so resistant and questioning and they don't do what you ask them to do simply because you asked them to do it? They would have done it if you hadn't asked it. They would have wanted to do it if you hadn't suggested it. (laughs) I'm kind of one of those people and my poor mother. Obviously, I'm grown up now and I'm not doing it in an overtly immature, mean way, like maybe I did at 15, but it's still in there. It's still in me. And then it's so strange because there's another part of me that will literally sign up for things like masterminds so that I'm told what to do. And I have a reason to get it done. But once I'm in there, I sometimes decide I won't do it the way I'm told to do it, but instead I'll do it my own way on my own time. (laughs) After all, I'm the one who paid for it, right? Then I go and I create training and coaching programs and the call to coach creative mastermind where I'm giving direction and telling people what to do next and how to figure it out. And I literally expect that there will be people like me in there, (laughs) but God has given me extra special grace in this zone because some of us just aren't driven to do things just because we're told to do them. And we also don't do it because we tell ourselves to do it. We need this, I don't even know, it's supernatural, this really solid reason to do a thing. We have to believe in it. We have to also feel a sense of freedom with it rather than control. We have to find purpose in it. (laughs) We want it to simply be perfectly um, in front of us in some way. We, We all do, no matter who we are. We want things to be presented in a specific way for us to choose it. But for those rebels of us, we actually have to say, ask ourselves, How do I get myself to do what I need to do while I'm consistently struggling against my resistance to doing it? (laughs) Do you hear that I'm actually verbalizing that we can find ourselves struggling against our own resistance, like resisting our resistance, literally spending time and energy resisting resistance. It's exhausting and it really gets us nowhere. But There is a book by a woman named Gretchen Rubin called The Four Tendencies. She talks about the four ways that people handle and meet inner and outer expectations. The inner being our own personal expectations of ourself and the outer expectations that other people have of us. So there's the four tendencies are the upholder, the obliger, the rebel, and the questioner. And the upholder meets desires to meet the inner and outer expectations. The obliger wants to meet outer expectations, but struggles to meet inner expectations. 
the rebel doesn't meet either one of them intentionally. And then the questioner meets their own inner expectations, but resists outer expectations. And in my house, I have all four of these people, which keeps me a little bit wonky in the head as like the caregiver, nurturer, personality researcher that I am, like coach, teacher, (laughs) because I can treat one kid in one way that works. Well, like maybe it works the way I'm handling a situation works with one kid and it doesn't work for the other. And then one kid will give me attitude about the exact same thing that the other one appreciated my help in. And it's kind of the same way with clients because I can have a client who will resist the same thing that the last client appreciated and couldn't wait to get started on. (laughs) And this, the four tendency framework actually helps me understand the differences in people and how everybody's looking at it, you know, with a different perspective when you put an expectation. And so in coaching, there can often feel like a lot of expectation when you're a client because you are being asked to do things. You're being asked questions. You're supposed to be digging. You're supposed to be doing the work. You're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to be taking action, whatever it is. And if you are the kind of person that resists other people telling you to do it, and you resist yourself telling you to do it, and you put yourself in a coaching situation, but then you resist it, literally rebelling against the very thing you put yourself in, you have to know how to walk yourself through that. And all of the tendencies have challenges. None of them are perfect. And if you are one, then you probably think it's the right one to be. (laughs) So I think about it like for God, he's got all of us down here, all of us resisting and meeting expectations in the world in different ways based on who he designed us to be. And he's just better able to handle the chess game of all of his kids than I am. And I only have three in the house right now. So one of the sayings Gretchen Rubin aligns with the rebel tendency is, quote, may the bridges I burn light my way. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I don't actually intentionally burn bridges, but man, I really get this. <laughs> Another one is, you're not the boss of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And there's a resistance to being controlled behind this, I think. Another saying is, freedom is my discipline. And if you identify with these things, like you and me, we're in this club. And this book helps you understand why you feel this way. So I want to stop here and talk about this for a bit. About this freedom is my discipline saying. Because I want to say, what does freedom actually have to do with discipline. I was just talking about this with a client because she has the same drive towards freedom that I do and the same resistance to control. And we started to talk about the four tendencies and how we both identify with that rebel rebel tendency. Personally, I think rebellion is a positive thing at times. Like there's times when we need to be rebelling against things that are oppressive that we need to break free from or old ways of thinking, small-mindedness, where we need to rebel against that so that we can innovate and, and create and come up with new ideas. It's resisting the way things are being done. If you rebel 
If what you rebel against is unjust or stagnant, then there can actually be positive aspects and and good fruit from the rebellion, right? And you can think about wars and you can think about how man and man it, mankind has risen up be, and overcome un, injustice because of there was what's considered rebellion and rebellion against the country or the people or the slavery again rebellion it seems like rebellion to the people who in a negative sense to the people who don't want anybody to rise up against them but i believe it's that rebellious spirit that god gives us to resist evil to resist um orphan mindedness it's we have the ability to rise up and rebel against the things that would press us down lie to us and imprison us. We have the ability to rebel against it. So it can be a positive thing. Obviously, there's a lot of ways where rebellion is not fruitful or good for you. It's going to create more harm, more pain. But otherwise, you have to be careful of interpreting things as control when in fact it's neutral. Because if you interpret something as I'm being controlled and I have to re- resist or rebel against it, that doesn't mean that it is actually control. And so you have to be careful of your interpretation because when you interpret it that way, you're going to react to it that way. And so if our interpretation is that people ask things of us and have expectations of us because they're trying to control us, and that's what we believe is they're trying to control us. Our behavior and actions are going to follow suit with our belief. We will withdraw or react or suppress or push back, but we're going to do things to protect ourselves and survive and resist the control because that's what it feels like to us because that's how we're interpreting it. It doesn't mean that somebody's trying to control us. I can tell you having a teenage having a teenager, that's all you need to do, have a teenager. And if they interpret what you say and do as control, and you know that you're not being controlling, that is not your intention. And nobody else would even interpret it that way. But this teenager is in a stage of life of trying to resist what always has been so they can grow into the person they're becoming, right? And if they interpret what you say is control, they're going to react that way. And that's how all of us are. If we are trying to resist control in our lives, if we're trying to resist uh, un- unjust, uh, well, unjust boundaries or anything that we're interpreting as wrong or against us or painful, then when we interpret it that way, we might rebel against something that could be good for us simply because that's our perspective. So I guess I just want to say that freedom has discipline associated with it. And if you interpret the discipline as control, you will find less fruitful freedom. I want to pop in right here with a reminder that until April 16th, 2023 at midnight, you can get $100 off the Call to Coach Creative Mastermind if you apply. Just apply. And then 
All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and let me know in your application you heard this episode, you want to celebrate one year of podcasting and 150 episodes with me, you'll get $100 off when it's uh, time to secure your spot. And you can also get $100 off the Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course. And that coupon code is in the show notes. Just you click on the link, put in Celebrate 150, and you have until midnight Sunday, April 16th. That is, what, five days away? So if you want to get it, I am just want to do something to celebrate with you and give you something fun. So, all right. I'd love to see you in there. Gretchen also uses the phrase, according to, the, like, in a, associated with the rebel tendency, it's so hard when I have to, but so easy when I want to. I can't tell you how much it means for me for somebody to give me this language, this language that it describes the extremely powerful narrative I've lived with since I was a child. I loved vacuuming. I loved the lines in the carpet, the shaggy, weird green carpet we had in the living room. I loved the immediate gratification, the satisfaction of the lines, and knowing all that dirt's up, right? But if my mom told me to vacuum, I hated vacuum. Like, <laughs> let me do it of my own accord, and it will get done. Insinuate that I have to. Demand that I have to. And you might as well kick me out of the house because we're going to fight. Then throw in some teenage hormones. So fun. But rebels tend to not make solid commitments to things or people because they don't want to be locked into something they might not feel like doing when the time comes to do it. So that makes commitment more difficult and that affects the results we get. Rebels also like to do things that feel challenging, not because it's a competition always, though some rebels are competitive, but I think a lot of times it's like that's that challenge makes them feel invigorated, which is not always a common feeling when you're somebody who's led by doing what you feel like doing in the moment. So my friend Tara, she has an Instagram account and she's an amazing cook who cooks other people's recipes from their cookbooks. Cookbook authors adore her, right? They send their cookbooks to her so she can cook their recipes and showcase it to the world and write it, write about it and share this story. And One day I sent a picture of a dish I made and she remade it. And then she posted her picture of the dish and mine. And that was fun. You know, she shared a little story. Then I made a dish similar to something she made and I sent her a picture and she posted it. So this last weekend we had carnitas tacos that I made. And then the next, that morning we'd also had, uh, we'd made Belgian waffles and the next day, I had carnitas and waffles ready to eat. And <laughs> I made a waflaco, a carnitas waflaco. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> so it's my own joyful invention of a Belgian waffle. And then I topped it with carnitas and avocado and green onions and cheese and Mexican crema and cilantro and can you say delicioso? And then I sent her a picture of it (laughs) because I just wanted to see like, "Mm," you know, and I told my husband, well, obviously I picked up Tara's challenge. He replied, "Uh, see, you are competitive. And when I thought about it, I said, no, I'm not competing against her. I never really feel like I'm against somebody. I'm always just for them. I'm not against a lot of things. I'm mostly for things. 
And I see the challenge more as uh, give Tara pictures to work with so she has more ways to reach her audience and share a story. And it makes me feel like, ooh, what can I do to help her have things that she like enjoys and needs that would help grow her audience and serve her audience and even just have a fun conversation with her. And it was a challenge to like, what else can I do to be for Tara? Not how could I be against Tara? And he just looked at me because he's very competitive and he didn't get that. So he interprets challenge as a way to be against. And I interpret and receive a challenge that when it aligns with my values and direction of being for somebody. So each of us can be challenged by one thing and then find out other people are not necessarily challenged by the same thing. And I usually don't respond to a challenge that somebody deliberately gives me. Again, my primary interpretation is that they're putting an expectation on me if they deliberately challenge me to something. So mostly the challenges I, as that rebel tendency, rise to meet are the ones I determine (laughs) to be challenged by. The challenges I choose when I feel like it. Yep, I'm a fun one. (laughs) So when I began my coaching business, I didn't know how to get myself to do things because I was doing so many other things that I knew I had to get done, but not necessarily with like joy, gusto, enthusiasm. (laughs) And then doing what I had to do was robbing me of the energy to do that what I wanted to do. So I was often resentful without my like any awareness of the resentment and why I was resentful. I take that back. I knew I was resentful. I felt it. I just didn't know why I was resentful. So it took a lot longer to get rolling and take action in my business because I had no clients waiting on me, having expectation on me that made me figure it all out. And I didn't know how to take action just because I told myself to. So I needed to create some external circumstances that I chose myself. So I created a business that began to offer something to people. And when those people said, I want what you're offering, I felt energized to create it instead of resistant because I'm the one that put myself in the position in the first place. It's not like I got a job and somebody's telling me I have to meet the needs of these clients. I created a business doing what I want to do so that I feel the joy and the gusto and the energy and the enthusiasm. And when my clients are in front of me, I can't wait. Like I cannot wait to, to work with my clients and my coaches and people inside the, the training and mastermind. I'm like, I just can't wait to be with you today. I love it. I want to pour everything I can out into you. And I put myself in that position. So from that rebel tendency, I've learned that as I've grown and matured, I've found things that I wanted to do. And I think rebels don't always know what they want to do. But when you find out what you want and you position yourself to get it, you position yourself to be able to pour out what you want, to do what you want, to create what you want, to serve how you want, with the people you want to serve, there's something energizing that causes a rebel to get up earlier in the morning than they normally would and do it because without the resentment, you know? And I don't know. I In this case, I guess it meant I needed people who wanted 
what I offer because I was choosing what I offered and how I'd offer it. And then those people, I felt so much more energized about serving them and you, right? So ultimately, I created my podcast as a container for content that I needed to pull out of myself. I knew it was in me, but I didn't have a reason to put it out there. Nobody was asking me a question. So I, why would I answer a question nobody asked me, right? And so then I created a business where I could be in charge of what I do and when I do it and build it as fast or as slow as I feel to. And then I create offers that meet the needs of my clients, but they're also designed to be fulfilling to me and offer me disciplined freedom. So if you have a rebellious tendency, first, I recommend this book to you. The link's in the show notes. Regardless of your tendency, it's really good information. There's a quiz, a free quiz that goes along with it so you can find your tendency and learn more about it. And we actually cover this as a coaching tool inside the Greenhouse course and talk about it, like how our tendency affects us as coaches and how we can use it in client work as well. And secondly, I, rem- I recommend doing a deep dive of what you feel like you must resist in life and why. And then just self-observe. When do you start feeling resistant and controlled, like a weight's been put on you, an expectation that you didn't choose? And then ask yourself, is it your interpretation or is somebody really trying to control you or put that on you? What do you believe about their intention and their heart and who they are? And if it's not control, what else could it be, right? How can you see it from somebody else's point of view, knowing they're very different from you and their intention and motivation? And then forgive yourself and release yourself from shame that you may feel about not being able to follow your own will to get things done that you want done and your struggle to create strong, fruitful habits. And then what are the things you want to do that you're willing to follow a schedule for and create obligations around that you choose to accept? What are the things that you don't resist that light you up? How can these things teach you more about yourself? And why do you think you feel locked in or trapped by obligations or expectations? What's that come from? Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And then do you sometimes feel like an expectation keeps you from being who you truly are? Does it Do you feel like any expectation is resisting your authenticity? And this applies to people who aren't rebels. You know, obligers and questioners both have like that rebel wing. So you might feel that way too. And upholders could as well. So figure out what it is you really want to do. I think that's real key for the rebel. What do you want? Do you know? And then doing this thing actually sets you up for success. Doing the other things will exhaust you. And make you bitter and resentful and cause you to have more, many more false starts in life than really are necessary. So imagine yourself doing what you want to do and then move into that vision and let, let it help you experience the emotion of accomplishment and satisfaction and joy, etc. from like a place of, I chose this. I did this to myself. Like I wanted this. Remind yourself, I want this. I choose to do it. Nobody is making me. I don't have to. I want to. Imagine doing the thing. Imagine what it will take to do it. Imagine how you're going to feel after you do it and then go do it. And maybe you don't need to tell everybody else you're going to do it if it's going to lead you to just turn around and resist doing it simply because you told other people to expect it of you, right? That can happen. 
and create habits that allow you to express who you are authentically. Let them become just part of who you are and what you do and make it something that's not like a string that's attached, but more of an anchor to your true identity. Uh, You know, tell yourself, I'm a doer. I am a successful person who gets things done. I'm capable. I'm good at time management. I'm great at organization. Like make it part of your identity instead of something you have to do. Let it be something that you can be. And then make it into like adjectives that describe you instead of things you have to do and need to make happen. And don't forget to consider the legacy that you actually want to create. If you're really intentional uh, intentional about thinking about the legacy, the results that culminate in the storyline you're making, then you'll know what you truly want in the future. And you're going to more easily recognize when you're resisting the very thing that will get you there. So friend, if you find yourself doing what Paul talks about in Romans 7, you do what you don't want to do and you don't do what you want to do, you're not alone. Welcome to the Humans in Process Club. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm in there. I've been in there for like a long time, more than four decades. Anyway, I hope this is a blessing to you. Love you guys. And all things are possible for you because you believe in Jesus and he is for you. Your dad is good. And you have a Lord that he's the Lord of Lords. He's, he's over it all. And he cares about you. He cares about this tendency. He cares about bringing healing to your life. He cares about releasing you and setting you free. So bring it, right? (laughs) Come on, Holy Spirit. Let's just bring it on down and let's see what God wants to do in this next season because you understand more things about yourself. You're you're growing in self-awareness and your spirit is able to like connect with him and rise up to lead your soul, right? All right. Have a great day. Talk to you next time. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.